Welcome back to Trending in Education. Dan Strapper here, introing our show on memes. Mike and Brandon sit down to discuss memes, obviously much in the headlines over the past couple of weeks with what happened at Harvard, the rescinding of at least 10 acceptance letters for students who participated in a meme discussion and a, a escalation of sorts there, uh, but much more so about memes at large and talking about education, how memes might be used in the classroom, how we learn via visual cues, and even more so how things such as memes become part of our daily lives and become things with which we communicate. So how are we using memes in the classroom? How are we using it to learn outside of the classroom? And socially, how are they becoming part of the normal everyday happenings we interact with on Twitter, on Facebook, and across social media and text messaging and so much more. So Mike and Brandon have the conversation today. I'll be back to close out the show, but first enjoy the conversation on memes. So Mike, here we are. We're talking uh, about, I think we have a show today on, um, on memes. That's right. We'll, we, we'll define memes in here just a second, but yes. uh, this is following on the heels of, uh, of what I think you coined and you may have coined like for the world, not just for the two of us. I, but I was, yeah. Th- this is this is this is my world here, for Mike. Sure, for um, sure. Uh, hashtag memegate. Yes. After the news, which which we may get into a little later yeah. on, um, the Harvard uh, unadmitting yes. rescinding admission to I, yeah uh, to ten students who had um, participated in some. Uh, some uh, some meme sharing, some that, sh- shenanigans, some shenanigans, some tomfoolery. Yeah, uh, that was not uh, you know that, that that made it clear they were not you know, Harvard material. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think we want to talk about memes just more generally. Yes. So should we define what? So what is a, a should we define a meme for the listener? Everybody who's listening to this pod knows what a meme is. But should we just do it for yeah in case? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, a meme uh-huh. is I, well. So there's a definition of a meme that is not the sort of as it's used today colloquially. Correct. We're talking about the colloquial definition of memes here. We, we are, but we like to next level our action. We do. And we like to understand the etymology. We do. Uh, Ent- you mean entomology? <laughs> yes. Throwback. Yeah, yeah. But the, the etymology, the word origin, right? Yeah, you shared a uh, an article which had the formal definition of a meme. And I'll, I'll, I'll play Dan. Dan, I'm going to play you for a moment here mm-hmm. um, uh, and just read something to the listeners, which is always, I think, a, a nice a nice trick. So a meme, shall I do this, Mike? The, the Please, form, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to find the article I shared. Yeah, so, good. Uh, continue. Good. Um, a meme is formally defined as an element of a culture or system of behavior that may be considered to be passed from one individual to another by non-genetic means, especially imitation. Yeah, I like that part. Yeah. If it's genetically shared, it's not a meme. It's not a meme. Yeah. 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 So that's and, not what we're talking about. And who was that from, though? That was like some luminary, right? Wasn't that like uh... Yeah, Richard Dawkins, the, oh. uh, the evolutionary biologist. Yeah. Yeah. So right? I think he's talking about um, genetics and... Um, uh, and memes, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. but uh, but you know the memes we're we're talking about here are the ones that are built for social sharing. Correct. And and it's a picture. Yes. With some text. Correct. And it's often, although as as we've just uh, touched on, is mm. not always humorous. Yes. Uh, sometimes like um, a little wistful, perhaps. Yeah. Cute. Cute, mm-hmm. uh, just not um, not often uh, full of a lot of um, gravitas. Not yeah. not not very serious. A little bit, little bit uh, superficial, little surface action. Yeah, and I think this, uh, you know, back to the formal definition, the um, the passing from one individual to another 
through imitation. In a non-genetic way. In a non-genetic way. Uh, thanks, Richard Dawkins, Palmer. Um, <laughs> is, uh, I think that, that, is, that actually carries through to, to how memes are, are shared today. Like there are standard meme generators, which listeners you can go have some fun with. Yes. Uh, you know, you got the standard um, uh, pictures that, that, that people know well, and then you can apply your uh, own text, BYOT. Correct. Um, to uh, to apply your text to whatever that picture is. That's right. And what's interesting, I mentioned this uh, previously, there's a concept in learning science called the dual, dual coding theory or dual coding principle. And there's uh, the picture superiority mm. effect, which is similar to like a picture uh, – Pictures worth a number of words that it's worth, worth. a thousand words, yeah. right? So uh, there's actually some neuroscience behind that, where if you compare text or audio with an image, it actually solidifies the the memory and improves retention. It improves yeah. retention, and it also is it's it's. I, I saw somewhere else that I think forty percent of our brain is dedicated to processing visual information. Mm. So like we're just wired for our sense of sight, uh, where visual information uh, text. Is is not counted as visual information? Text, excellent question. Mm. Text, as I understand it, is processed in the brain in a different way than other visual information, where it's actually processed in your language processing centers as opposed to your image processing centers. Yeah. And that's why the dual coding it actually solidifies the memory. So like your neurochemistry, you're actually encoding it in two different parts of your brain. Mm. When you have an image paired with text, or an image paired with audio. It's probably mm-hmm. best when paired with audio. So right now, hopefully everyone who's listening is looking at something visually Pictures engaging. of us, I yeah, think. Yeah, pictures, pictures of, of us, us yeah. talking to each other would yeah. be great. But um, with like a cat. Right, Yeah, because yeah, cats make everything funnier. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Sweeter. For sure. But uh, but the idea is you're actually uh, encoding in two different brain centers. So like the more like the occipital cortex for the visual information and like left brain language processing stuff for the the more linguistic information and that deepens the association because you've encoded it in two different parts of your brain. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, Which is why what I'm interested in uh, as it relates to the show, aside from the opportunity to talk about memes. Yeah. uh, Because they're trending. It's like me twice. You like talking about yourself. So it's like it's it's M-E-M-E. I enjoy mispronouncing things sometimes. So Uh I like to call them memes. Memes. I like to see like, oh, I saw a great meme this morning with a cat. It was was quite comical. There's a guy in my group here at Kaplan who is – so I mean, he's a Luddite. I don't know if he's actually a Luddite, yeah. but he likes to play that part. And he, he calls them memes. Yes. Oh, that's the same concept. Yeah. Same concept. Because I think for a while he actually thought that's what they were called. Because <laughs> uh, although he may not be a Luddite, he's, he's, not, he's not maybe um, totally on top of his uh, trending game. Right. Um, but now it's become like it, he, he's um, owned that uh, malapropism. Yes. And like, where is it like a suit of armor? Sure. So it's a, it's a meme. Yeah, yeah, meme. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so so memes are the rage, uh, particularly with uh, the social media. Mm. And that's where uh, you kind of can't talk about memes without talking about going viral. True. Because memes are designed to be shared. And the currency of meme memes, uh, I think, are twofold. Like, there's a cleverness and edginess that you're able to communicate uh, quickly. There are a lot of tools, like you mentioned, that can do that. Uh, and then there's also the sense of uh, survival of the fittest memes uh, to get uh, evolutionary again. So, like, the best memes get shared so much that they become huge. And 
that's why it's so relevant in this day and age where the world is almost like an alternate reality at times. So like the memes and the meme, the, the, the meme industrial complex uh, starts firing when people say things like tweet things like Kofefe, mm. for example. Mm-hmm. So when, is, is that the correct pronunciation? Kofefe? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Oh, that, that has like um, as, as in rhymes with Hefe. Yeah, that, that's the way I think of it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and, I, the, and, and then the V is silent, right? Yeah. I, so I, I would have said Confif. Yes. I, I hit the e, I, I long e and then ah. I hit the v at the end. Well, but that's like the mimi, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, or it could be a kofif too. Co- I guess, kofif, I guess yeah. conceivably, yeah. right? But uh, but yeah, kofefe. You know uh, that that el jefe <laughs> drops kofefe <laughs> on the peeps. Yeah, and before you know it, it's like it's like meme paradise. It's like meme we're, paradise. We're gold, all, meme they're, gold. <laughs> they're everywhere. There's yeah. no there's no avoiding them. Uh, and uh, interestingly. Uh, and I think this is uh, a coincidence, but uh, Kofefe happened and the memes that followed mm. almost exactly one year after Harambe was uh, was tragically shot yeah. in the in the Cincinnati Zoo. <laughs> so Harambe, for those of you keeping score at home, was the gorilla who was tragically shot when, right. a, when a kid fell into uh, into his area. And uh, rather than risk the kid dying, uh, Harambe, I keep, I, I don't know my Harambe from my Kofefe anymore. Yeah. But the fact that they both, I think Harambe was like May 28th, 16. Mm. And then Kofefe was like like May 28th, 17. Yeah. And I'm just wondering if like Memorial Day weekend is like the big meme, like it's like meme con. It could be meme con. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, um, but the interesting the article that I shared, uh, which we'll share out through uh, through social media, through maybe, the glossary, probably maybe, also check and, the glossary, and maybe through our new uh, meme generator, mm. learning memes, yeah, which we need to figure out what we call them, learning memes. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, uh, start hash, there. Hashtag learning memes, or learn meme. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. We'll work on it. But uh, but those uh, there was a pretty good article I thought in this Fractus Learning. Um, where uh, this this guy Nick Grantham, I think he, his name is, like he talked about the history of the term. He talked about what memes are, and then he talked about how you could use that as an educator and how you could, uh, you know, turn your classroom into something that uh, could be a little more engaging for a population that is growing up living and breathing in this space. Um, so I thought that was an interesting trend because I think we're trying to figure out when a trend is happening outside the educational sphere, how does it influence education right. and are there opportunities to sort of uh, jump the S-curve, if you will, to say that that trend is taking off. Can we tie that to education? Can we tie that to learning in an interesting way? And I think he did. Uh, I think he did a pretty good job. And I was also trying to tie it to this whole uh, dual coding principle and picture superiority effect, I actually, I do believe there is uh, a neurochemical component that uh, we're not uh, thinking about when we're blithely liking and sharing things. It's actually, there's a reason why it works. There's a reason why it's addictive. Um, And uh, and then it does... uh, Inject some fun into the classroom, which is something uh, I think we're both uh, we're both proponents. We're of. we're, we're bro- both pro fun for yes, sure, and yes. you know it's it's actually um, 
there's a tie back to we had a, a recent um, uh, pod about uh, fidget spinners. Yes. Uh, there, there's actually like a tie to this here too, which is taking something that is, uh, you know, used for fun, distraction outside the classroom. And being creative about ways that you can incorporate it. So I think that the examples given here are, are pretty good. They come with some warnings, which they I think do. We, should, we should talk about. But I, yeah. shall we first um, get to uh, just, just cover how um, Nick uh, thinks that you can use memes in a uh, learning way? Yeah, uh, let's, let's do it. Yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. So he has, he has five, I think, five um, uh, things to uh, think through mm-hmm. in practice. Uh, I'm, I'm going to list all five and yeah. then so we can unpack them. Uh, one, um, to add relevant lesson content. Sure. Uh, and that's some um, injecting some fun, but making it topical to what you're talking through. Uh, to fill in the blank. Yep. The memes where there is a fill in the blank. Uh, and that, I think just as an aside, that's and we can come back to this topic. Um, memes are, are, are very generative. You know, mm-hmm. like this, and, and I think that we've talked about creativity and critical thinking. And, um, you know, I think that's uh, this is a, a, a place where you can exercise those skills. Um, you know, he does give some number three, some some rules and advice on on how to use memes safely um, for getting students to uh, to create their own, uh, which you know again is ties to the generative part. Um, and then five is, is uh, you know using the systems around memes of likes and shares and upvotes, et cetera, to actually get some peer engagement. Yes. Um, so. Uh, I, I agreed that that this is an interesting way, and I'm I'm always um, a fan of, you know, like with like with the fidget spinners, thinking about ways to incorporate would be distractions and make them actually uh, in, engage learners, young learners particularly, in ways in which we know that this learning is sticky. I mean, there is, as you're saying, a neurochemical reason why it's addictive, and this is fun. Yep. And um, trying to instead of saying. We draw a bright line and keep fun out of the classroom, which exactly. I think is actually has been, you know, there are great teachers who've been who've been incorporating fun for, you know, hundreds of years. But sure. sometimes it becomes a sterile environment in which, you know, the K-12 classroom where, where fun is sort of checked at the door. Yeah. Uh, and I think we both agree that's that's not that's the, not the optimal approach. The classroom should not be the no fun zone. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> it should not be the no fun zone. Yeah. It, should, it probably shouldn't be the too much fun zone either. Yeah. Um, you gotta be like baby bear. You gotta be like like just, just right, right. Yeah, Not yeah, fun. yeah. Exactly. Uh, and uh, but the uh, the memes do not come without risk. Mm, that's his in his rules and advice. So so talk talk about the risk. Well, the risk. I mean, and this is evidenced in part by hashtag memegate mm. at Harvard. Uh, where the big H, the big H, the H bomb. Yeah. Uh, where uh, and like I said, I I went to Harvard. Yeah, I know uh, you did several times. Yeah. I uh, I walked around. That's good. I, I think I had a cup of coffee somewhere. That's good. Like it was yeah. great. It was wonderful. I, nice. I had a fantastic experience. Yeah. Um, but those of us who <laughs> went to Harvard know how, know what it's like up there. But um, you know, uh, the problem is it gets competitive and it gets competitive around the the virality, like who whose memes are shared the most. Yep. And frequently, uh, when it's shared on the internet, there is this concept of the dark web mm-hmm. and the idea of edginess and trolling. And when the memes start to go dark or even dank, mm, uh, dank yeah. which is the, the common term tied to memes that get a little edgier, uh, it can start to get into an inappropriate space, particularly for a classroom. In the case of Harvard, it was more uh, a way for 
the quote-unquote cool kids to show that they could push boundaries, and it becomes competitive to the point that those boundaries really get off the chain, and to the point where the administration, in the case of Harvard, uh, made the decision to rescind some of those admissions. Yeah. And that's just generally speaking uh, a challenge around not just memes. Really, anytime you're getting into um, uh, social components within social media components within a K-12 setting, uh, in particular, you open yourself up for bullying. You open yourself up for um, inappropriate material that kids think is great. Yeah. Kind of like the idea of you know kids passing notes back in the day, right? Drawing a funny picture of the teacher. Yeah. The meme in some ways, uh, particularly when it's embraced in the classroom, is a natural way for us to get edgy and go too far. And yeah. you need to build some rules and some boundaries and have some methodology to keep it keep it on the up and up. So you're having fun, but you're also sort of maintaining a safe learning environment. Yeah. So I, I think three things about this one. Um, as as someone who who did go to Harvard for more than just a, a coffee uh-huh. uh, in a, in a degree conferring oh, uh, way, nice. Um, yeah. yeah, it was it was nice. It was it's nice up there. Yeah, Harvard's uh, like a, a, it's like a university. It in is. Cambridge, yeah. I think. yeah, yeah, yeah. Got a lot of love for the Cantabs. Yeah. Um, so uh, the cool ki- you you mentioned the cool kids at Harvard. Yeah. That's a that is a rare breed. The, <laughs> the cool kids at Harvard. So uh, to the um, the non uh, uh, ten uh, of those uh, people, but the other ninety who are in the hundred who are in this community, yeah, I say you, you were not gonna be that cool anyway. So right. just maybe maybe knock it off, right? Um, uh, so that's one. Two. I think that part of the 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 medium of memes, and this is why you know um, it uh, it gets there's risk here is it is one intended to share humor, and yes. I think you know Mike, you mentioned the um, uh, competitiveness of just of of humankind and. Yep. Uh, this being a medium for that, um, I think humor also like the one-upping. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, you you sort of are edgier and edgier and edgier is is oftentimes how humor sort of builds. Sure. Um, so I think this is a particularly uh, you know it's a it's a medium that is fraught with this potential to go dank. Uh, and then uh, and then third, I, this, I may be Pollyannish about this, so. Um, Check me, but uh, I, like I, I think, uh, like I was talking about something, something else of bringing, whether it's you know your your smartphones into the classroom, mm-hmm. having a social contract. Whereas a teacher, you can you know you can talk about how there's this thing that we can have some fun with. Yep. But if it if it breaks bad, like we're just gonna stop being able to have fun with this. So yeah. like, and actually getting. Um, the students to be active participants yep. in sort of establishing a social contract and uh, reeling in people who are acting out yep. uh, so that doesn't have to be a teacher to student sort of punishment, but right. it's like a, a peer-to-peer um, you know, self-management. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I guess I'm hopeful for that around this kind of, of tool, learning mm-hmm. tool as, uh, as, as well as others um, mm-hmm. that, that may be ambitious for third graders or seventh graders but but maybe not like the the power of peer pressure is a is it is palpable in a um, negative way but it also can be very powerful in a positive way i think so and i think it's also instructive like because that that's there is freedom in the world and then there are boundaries that we as adults need to maintain for ourselves and as kids you may not necessarily understand what those boundaries are but you can provide exercises and opportunities in a classroom for folks to understand there are boundaries 
and there are consequences and you're empowered to learn about that. And you're also, uh, there is some risk around going too far. Yeah. And if that can be uh, established at an early age where, uh, I think your point about fidget spinners is a great one, where rather than say this is taboo, you must never do that. It's this sort of, uh, you know, uh, puritanical um, sort of devoid of joy <laughs> learning environment that that's what the classroom is. I think that's when we lose learners. Yeah. And if instead we can say, no, bring that stuff in. It is okay. It also empowers the taboo. Like when you make something taboo, yep. like as a kid, mm-hmm. there's nothing that's more desirable than the thing that you can't have and the thing that authority is saying yeah. this is off limits. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it – um, it uh, sort of de- de-escalates or disempowers yeah. the thing in uh, you know in a way that then becomes um, uh, usable in the classroom. For sure, yeah, and uh, and and I think it's instructive for adults too, because I mean, if you think about the the trolls and you think about the use of memes, you know, to say, oh, it's it's a kid thing. It's actually not. No, it's, yeah. it's something we all fall prey to. We had a da- we had a dank memer in our we our did. own uh, uh, public facing event. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and uh, we had to we had to battle the trolls. We did, and, and that's really another aspect. I mentioned the dark web. It's something uh, that I think, uh, as a good educator, you would have to lesson plan around this. But there is a lesson plan around providing a safe environment, understanding what it feels yep. like to be safe when there is danger. Uh, when there are places where you're really not at an age where it makes sense for you to be there because you're not going to be safe. Yep. Like those are those are new realities that uh, good educators, good teachers are incorporating into their lesson planning so that they're, we're developing humans, not just learners. Yeah. And those learners are learning how to be better humans in a very complex world that we're all still trying to wrap our heads around. And as folks who love language... The, the the language that's like the Kofefe, the Harambe, uh, the leaker now is yeah. her name is Reality Lee Winner, Reality mm. Winner. Yeah, you I know? don't. So I I you you mentioned this to me, and I I I I wanted to fact check you. Yeah, I thought this was fake news. Right, but is her name her name is actually Reality? Her name Winner? is literally Reality uh, Lee is her middle name, but mm. I just leave it out because I think yeah. Reality Winner is better. Also Belmont, uh, you know the it it sounds like a name of a horse. It does. Uh, yeah, and then and then it's also reality winner and then she's being uh it's almost too good she's being paired against you know uh el jefe yeah uh co- with some confefe right cofefe sorry yeah. excuse me uh and you know like that's an interesting contrast because the president president trump uh uh was a reality show host yeah who's been known to call people losers right and reality it's, it's... reality winner versus you know, it's so it's, good. It's almost too much. Yeah. It's but it, it's also really interesting at it's the same real. time. It's also real. And, and we love real. and we love us, we love ourselves some language. We do. You know, and uh, I want to get back for just a second yeah. to the to the boundaries piece, please. Because um, maybe I went too far, or no, no, no. Oh, okay. I think you were touching on something good that I want to just underscore. I don't think I'm necessarily saying anything new, but uh, just to to sort of pile on. Um, you know, SEL, social emotional learning, yes. is a thing we've talked about on this show before. I think. Um, boundary identification is actually part of that that's in that space. And so I think actually teachers, uh, educators do better to wade into that space, even if it comes with some risk, Mm -hmm. because, you know, the dark web or the sort of um, danger that's out there, it's not 
only out there if you confront it. It's out there whether or not you do, right? right. And so I think actually having young learners particularly and you know, with technology, you know, the average age of, a, of the first time you have a smartphone is getting younger and younger and younger and um, being exposed to some of the, the seedier side of what happens on the Internet happens younger. Yep. Um, I, I think it's it, the, there's some good, um, you know, sort of uh, cues that you can help uh, teach young learners about and um, coping mechanisms. Like I, I would rather have educators actively engaged in that process mm-hmm. than sort of stand by and fingers crossed hope that it doesn't happen because it is. I mean, yep. like that's. That is a, a natural, that, that is unfortunately just a reality that we're in. Yeah, and I, I would love to hear from teachers and instructional designers in terms of how they're addressing this space in a developmentally appropriate way. Um, you know, even just thinking about, you know, all the, grace, the, the greatest abstract art happens in second grade. You know, like what kind of memes uh, would second graders generate uh, if given the right tools. And then also, you know, the stuff that we're putting up on refrigerators is very similar to sort of the the visual language that we're talking about around memes. Uh, so it'd be interesting to think through the pairing of the right phrases with imagery to communicate, because it does feel like we're entering a brave new world of communication tools where it's not just purely verbal. Uh, there are visual pairings with your, your verbalizations. Uh, and don't get me started on emoticons because mm. that's the whole that that's another that's another episode entirely. Bitmojis it, also. <laughs> yeah, bitmojis. Yeah. Right? Uh, I still want we need to get some learn mojis going. I, some, I agree. Some hashtag learn mojis. Yeah. Right. I think so. And I try to drop some hashtags. The learn mojis is a good one. Right. <laughs> learn moji is good. Yeah, yeah, I like yeah, emoji. Yeah. 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 But um, but it is interesting. I mean, and and. I find myself even as a as a non-child. Surprisingly, like I'm I'm no longer in my teens. Uh, I know. I know. I know <laughs> Spoiler but, alert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, but as a non-teenager, I still find memes really fascinating. They do tap into like it's not quite a rep. Maybe it's a little reptile brain, a little fourteen-year-old who uh, who kind of lives inside all of us. <laughs> <laughs> They're not the same one, I don't think. Yeah. Although there's there's definitely some commonality. This is gone to ink, I think. <laughs> yeah, but like, but when you see something that's just kind of almost hilariously terrible, it's delightful in a way. Right. You know what I mean? Like it 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 does tap into something. But you're aware of you're like you're aware of boundaries. Yes. Um, and so that that's I think the delightfully terrible is what those Harvard dummies. Yes. Uh, just. They had that same reptilian brain yes. um, reaction, but they they weren't savvy enough. Yeah, and and maybe in part because they're like seventeen and eighteen year olds or sure. whatever. But they weren't savvy enough. They should have been to know where boundaries are 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 drawn, even if not um, uh, you know articulated in any particular way. Like mm-hmm. you gotta you gotta know for um, sure. So and 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 to even extending on that, understanding that once it goes digital. Unlike the note you're passing around class, maybe mm. your teacher finds you, maybe not. But once it's on Facebook, somebody's going to see it. Yeah. And then a lot of the the findings that we've had in many of our uh, you know admissions uh, counselor surveys, yeah, have indicated that folks will look at your social media history. Yeah. So just a note on that: we've done admissions officer survey here at Kaplan for uh, probably going on twelve years now here, mm-hmm. maybe even longer. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the most recent one, we found that um, uh, 
of admissions officers check social media for applicants. Yep. And of those who do, 42% said that they found something that was, um, you know, if it was an application killer, but found something that negatively impacted their, uh, that, that applicant's uh, application. Um, so, yeah, I mean, to all you, all you uh, um, would-be college applicants uh, listening to this pod out there, uh, you know, your, you, your public record, your, your private engagement in social media is probably not so private and becomes a matter of, you know, your public portfolio. Correct. Uh, and so, you know, just, um, you know, look before you meme. Yeah. And that's a, that's a good one. And, uh, and it's related to that point where, like, we need to help people understand how to do this stuff right. And these, and these communication tools are emerging so fast that it's hard to lesson plan ahead of them. But I think it's also, uh, and this is sort of implicit in a lot of the conversations we've had about what works well in the classroom, is establishing a safe place to learn where the adults there are people who the students trust and they're ready to engage with, have fun with, and then ultimately you know, emerge in a better place. And, uh, and I think that's really the, the angle that I thought was interesting. Uh, we'd love to hear uh, also from any, uh, any folks who have examples of great learning memes because they'd be, uh, you know, uh, again, showing my age. Schoolhouse Rock was a formative experience for me, and I loved it because I had cool images and music and I was yeah. learning. What can you actually learn from a meme? Conjunction, like, junction, that's your uh, function. Forget about it. How a it. bill becomes a law. Yeah. These I are still, things we all can remember. I still know the preamble. Yeah. But, and I can sing it, but I won't You now. shouldn't. I yeah. won't now. I think we're out of time, we actually. Are. We're just we are. running up against the clock. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so, uh, so stay frisky, <laughs> but know there's boundaries and, <laughs> and enjoy those memes. Yeah. As always, a very insightful conversation from Mike and Brandon uh, on many levels here. And and just to to chime in briefly before we go, uh, memes are a great way of communicating and a great way of uh, injecting some humor into situations. Uh, You have some great ones out there that have become part of you know, common culture that people go to no matter what the situation, uh, you know, whether it's the Lord of the Rings that uh, you do not simply uh, go into. Mordor, but it has stemmed into obviously multiple cultural instances or the oh really bird or, or so many things that are out there uh, meme wise and maybe I'm quoting ones people don't know but um, there's so much to communicate there and, and how are we are all changing the way we communicate around speaking around text messages around images emojis and memes uh, I think is a really good point but also uh, the dive into the education aspect of it how some teachers are using these in the classroom how they're engaging a younger generation with how they engage with social media. So a lot to unpack here still, a lot to understand, and a lot to go back to as we move forward here on Trending in Education, talking about social media, talking about memes, talking about the way to communicate, and even further, obviously, the situation at Harvard, how to make sure you and your children are effectively using social media and understanding how that can influence what happens next in your life and in your education. So great conversation from Mike and Brandon. We will be back here next week on Trending in Education. We are released every Tuesday morning. Head on over to iTunes. Subscribe now. Same on the Stitcher app. Leave a comment. Leave a rating. Share it with your friends. Find us on Twitter at Trending in Ed. Same on Facebook and, of course, TrendingInEd.com. Until next time, you've been listening to Trending in Education.